episode of the Awesome in Seattle podcast. This is your host, Christian Awesome of the Awesome and Awesome Group at Wilson Realty. And today we have a very, very special guest, the one, the only, Mr. Find Me in Seattle, Connor Kaysen. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes. So, Connor, why don't you explain who you are and why you're here to talk about some of Seattle's pros and cons of Seattle's best neighborhoods. So, let me explain who you are. Yeah. So, I'm Connor. You can find me at Find Me in Seattle anywhere on the <laughs> you internet. You can find me in Seattle. Yes. <laughs> it, uh, it was a very clever name. Yes. Didn't yes. really think about that in the beginning, but it seemed to work out yeah, for me. Yeah. And how this all started was I was selling advertising door to door around Seattle. I was making these little map guides to the city. So Fremont, Capitol Hill, Ballard, uh, they were kind of guides to all the local businesses. Yeah. And I started using Instagram as a tool to not only network with all the businesses, but really to show my girlfriend, now wife, what I was doing every day. Cause mm -hmm. most millennials aren't doing door to door sales no. at all. Yeah. And it went from my girlfriend and my family and my friends following all the businesses I was visiting every day to just a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like, like, me. like you, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we probably met early that was probably 16 17 18 yeah uh when we first connected online yeah and yeah i've just been doing that ever since and networking through the internet and through real life and now i'm a full-time content creator here in seattle yeah and you are available for hire if anyone wants to yes. create some content so just throwing that out there trying to give them some love for coming on the podcast yeah, today. I appreciate so that. um so today's episode we are going to go over the pros and cons of some of seattle's top neighborhoods um and that's why i thought hey let's bring them in let's bring them give him some love bring him in the podcast have him explain kind of his favorite hot spots in each neighborhood so how this is going to work we're going to first talk about the neighborhood. I'll explain where that neighborhood is located in the city, and then we'll give you some pros and cons, and he'll give you some hot spots that maybe you haven't heard of yet. So let's start with one of the biggest neighborhoods in Seattle, and that is Ballard. Ballard is located in kind of the northeast or northwest corner of the city, I should say. Ballard is huge. Some of the pros of Ballard is there's a lot of great restaurants, a lot of great bars, coffee shops, little businesses, um, big businesses. It's easy to walk to, awesome nightlife. There's a huge variety. There's even tons of little pocket neighborhoods within Ballard. Little history, Ballard used to be its own city until 1907 when Seattle annexed them because Seattle had all the water and Ballard didn't have oh, enough. Oh, I didn't know it was about the water. Yeah, it's all about the water. Funny, funny thing. Some of the cons about Ballard is it takes forever to go east and west, getting out away. of, it is far, it's deep. And deep Ballard, like Sunset Hill, close to Carkey Park, the water basically, it's it can take a while to get over there. So because of that, some people that work on the east side, even if they have to go you know, north sometimes, they don't necessarily love deep Ballard as I like to refer to it, yep. because it just takes too long to go east-west. If you're in that Shilshul Marina yeah. area or by Golden Gardens Park, yep. it can take an hour to get to 99, and then you even think about getting to I-5, yeah. it's it, it adds a lot of time to your commute. It really does, and that's I mean, part of the reason why, just history again, Seattle is very north-south oriented, so the main thoroughfares are going north and south, the freeways, the highways, there's not a lot of main roads going east and west because the city is so narrow and we have lots of hills. So that's why it takes so long to get in and out of there. Plus there's a ton of people that live there. Like we said, within Ballard, there are tons of little sub neighborhoods as little as like Stumbletown on like 65th and 8th or as big as Sunset Hill. The types of homes that you kind of see for the most part in Ballard, the single family homes that have been there for a hundred years, those are more of the cool old craftsmen that you can see everywhere in Seattle. But you're also seeing a lot more apartments and condo buildings. Those are closer to kind of those main thoroughfares, the main roads that are going east, west, or north, south. The city has designed the city so that those more dense housing projects are closer to those main roads because that's where the transit is. A little bit behind that, that's where you'll start to see a lot more townhomes. And then beyond that, that's where you'll find the cool old craftsmen's. One little known fact is Ballard actually was very, I didn't know I was going to go so in depth on history today, but I'm just riffing. So Ballard was, was originally like a very Scandinavian neighborhood because all of the fisheries and all the fishermen were from Norway, Sweden, um, Denmark. And the, the fjords in Norway are very similar to the canal right there. Yeah. And so... Little known fact is that Ballard actually hosts the second largest Norwegian Independence Day parade in the world. Second um, largest? Second largest, only to Norway. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. 
I've actually, as a kid, I was in that parade. Oh, really? My dad was Norwegian. So, oh, all right. Yeah. So I was in that parade. And What's the parade about? It's called like, the Sitnamai Parade, 17th of May. Um, it's just their Independence Day. So, okay. Yeah. The, it's not like floats and everything, is it's it? It's got some floats. They have all sorts of different... Uh, it's not just Norway that does it now. Like other countries will join in with stuff from Scandinavia for the most part. But they have dignitaries come in from Norway. It's it's pretty cool. Pretty and wide variety. And isn't there a partnership too? Aren't they... I thought there was like a sister city town I believe relationship. it's Bergen, Norway, but I could be totally Bergen, wrong. I think yeah. you're right. I think it is Bergen. Yep. So yeah, Seattle has the Nordic Heritage Museum, which is huge and massive and newer. Really cool if you've never been there before. But uh, speaking of being somewhere, what are you? What are your favorite spots there? Yeah, well, so when we were brainstorming this list of neighborhoods and businesses, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start off with since we're going through different neighborhoods, I try to get a diversity of different styles of businesses, diversity yeah. of ownership, uh, and so this one might sound a little weird, but I was gonna do Watson's Counter. Mm-hmm which uh, I believe is right there on 15th. Okay. But I just learned the week that we're recording this, they closed down this weekend. <laughs> oh, and geez. so I, I think their their lease came up and Got didn't it. get renewed. So they are looking for a new spot. But just a little brief, Watson's Counter had just delicious breakfast food, mm. really popular brunch spot. Mm-hmm. I think at least last time I was at the Mariner Stadium, you could get their food inside the stadium. Ooh. I'm not sure about this upcoming Season. Yeah. Season, though. Hasn't started yet. We'll Hasn't started it. yet as of recording. Yep. So we're going to pivot a little bit on okay. the business. Uh, I'm going to go to the opposite side of Ballard. Mm-hmm. And business that I want to represent today is Miro T. Cool. It's kind of right there in the heart on Ballard and Market. Mm-hmm. It's a fun spot. If you're a tea lover, you're going to get kind of the traditional Chinese style Gong Fu Cha. You can get like a Gaiwan traditional oh. teapot. Yep. Or you can get, if you're into the flavored teas, mm-hmm. any if you're into the Starbucks flavors, yeah. Ru- Rubos. You can get all of it. Cool. And summer, they've got great summer ice drinks. Ooh. And so fun place to work. It is always very vibrant. There are a lot of people working there. If you're a yep. remote worker and you're looking for an atmosphere to go in, I mm-hmm. think it's just a fun place to go hang out. Sounds like a great spot to, uh, as a real estate agent, I'm always looking for spots in between showings and in different neighborhoods. So I will definitely check that out. Uh, a nice iced tea there sounds amazing, especially yeah, I, on a nice day. I use that a lot too. It's either like, hey, meet me at this spot and we'll hang out and have yeah. a conversation or it's that transition spot. Like yep. I've got 90 minutes to kill. So yep. I'll go sit there. Yep. Cool. All right. Moving on to the next neighborhood. So now we're going to talk about Fremont. Fremont's kind of sandwiched between Ballard and Wallingford right along Aurora, Highway 99 there to the, I guess, west of Aurora. Fremont isn't very big, but I know that you recently found the actual delineation line between Ballard and Fremont, which I didn't even know it was official. Where is this? It's on Leary Way. I'm not sure what the cross street is, but it is on the Burke Gilman Trail. It's on that bike route. And I know that's like a controversial part of the bike route. Uh, But it's right there. There's a a maker space Mm -hmm. right there. And it's right next to... Is that Hales? Hales Ales, yes. Yeah. And I was I was gonna say Drunkies Barbecue, but I don't think it's called Drunkies anymore. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Uh, but, but near Hale, that Fred Meyer kind near of that Fred Meyer, it. exactly. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so uh, there's been some controversy on my Instagram posts about it. People are like, they don't call it Free Lard, but I've heard it called Free Lard for years. I've heard it Free Lard. I've heard it Balmont. Balmont. Yeah. There was a big debate the between the two. There was a vote on Seattle Met Magazine, I believe, oh, had was a there? vote on there. I think they went with Free Lard. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if if it was voted in a magazine, that, that makes that makes it official. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there there are two yellow lines on the Burke Gilman Trail, and says on this side is Ballard, and hmm. this side is Fremont, and it's just a silly little yeah, faded exactly. paint line. But yeah. if you want to do the jump across the lines, yep. it's a perfect place to do it. It's always fun to do. Countries, neighborhoods, same thing. Yeah, and I never <laughs> and I never saw a video about it before. Yeah. I think I saw a tweet. Months before, that was like, "Hey, do you know the single exists?" And I was driving by. I was like, oh, "Let me go find it." Yeah, and uh, and yeah, that was like just a random video that really blew up, caught, caught a lot of people's attention. Well, and I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. So there is a lot of controversy about that neighborhood, like where it starts and ends and all that. So. Yeah, it's just a weird blend. And for a long time, there was not really like a lot of activity there. It was really mm-hmm. just like a thorough way to yep. go to the business sectors of both those neighborhoods. But mm-hmm. now it is growing a little bit. And there is that, there's Free Lard Pizza right yep. there, uh, which is owned by Ethan Stoll. And yep. I think that kind of like solidified. I think you're right. Uh, and there's a few other restaurants, the barbecue places right there. And I know there's a new like fine dining spot that's supposed to be mm. there soon. Mm. Okay. 
Some of the pros of Fremont is one, it's the center of the universe. Center of the universe. Yeah, duh. It's got a very folksy, artistic flair to it. Nightlife is awesome. Great restaurants. Simple to get in and out of because you're not deep like Ballard. Easy to hop on Highway 99 in Seattle. We call it Aurora to get downtown, like super quick to get downtown. Not that far from I-5 either. It's got a great Fremont Farmer's Market. And there's lots of events going on. Uh, the Solstice Parade is obviously what it's known for as yes. well. The naked bike ride on that um, is what everyone knows it for. But the actual parade is actually pretty cool too. Yeah. And that's always in the summer on, I believe, like right around that. Yeah, it's, it's always on that summer solstice. So that's like June 17, 19, yes, 19 June 19th, I think. Something like that. 20th. Yeah, it's always on that weekend of the solstice. Yep. Cons. It could be a little noisy especially the closer you get to kind of Fremont Ave um, where the nightlife is. So it's, you know, it can get a little noisier down there, especially late at night. It's really pretty small. It's not a very big neighborhood. It's very narrow and it kind of is long, kind of goes up to, I believe the, the north border is 50th, just south of the Woodland Park Zoo, which feels like that shouldn't be Fremont anymore, but it is officially. So that's always a little weird to me. But there are some even going north and south on, I don't remember the name of that road, but that main drag, I think it might be Greenwood, actually. That um, There's some restaurants going there, too. Yeah, not that just might, you down. might be talking about Fremont Ave. It might, might be Fremont yeah, Ave. Yeah, yeah, where Paseo is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then 34th is the one going, is that right? 34th on the, to the south going east-west. Yeah. In Fremont, there are a lot of townhomes. There's not as many condos. There's some, but really not many. There's some apartment buildings, more and more being built, but for the most part, it's townhomes and then really older homes. They're not massive older homes like you'd see in Wallingford or Ballard, which is interesting because it's sandwiched between there. There's a lot of really small bungalows there. Hmm. So it's kind of interesting. I wonder why that happened. I don't, I think it's just, again, Seattle is built of all these different neighborhoods, all these different old villages. Villages. And they were kind of annexed into Seattle. And I think this was more like the, at that point, it wasn't hippies yet, but it was more just like maybe more fishermen and stuff like that. I don't know. Hmm. No, I'll have to dig into that a little more. Yeah, that's interesting. Because if you cross Aurora, but that's like the blend of Wallingford, mm-hmm. right? Fremont Wallingford really blend in there yep. around Stoneway. Yep. And so I know there's a lot more houses there, but that Stoneway area is developing Big quite time. a bit also. Yeah, exactly. What would you say uh, your featured spot for Fremont? So what, for what Fremont, I've got a few things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Did you mention the troll? Oh, no, we didn't even bring up the troll. Yeah, the Fremont troll, I think, is like the destination the I tell everybody, yes. like, go look at this thing yeah. because it's... It's huge. Yes. In the different seasons, they decorate it. Yep. Um, and it's so random. So random. <laughs> uh, and, it's cool. And, and to give some scale, the hand of the troll is covering VW bug. bug. An and actual VW bug. An actual bug. Yeah. And so for the hand just to be covering the whole car. That's it, the scale. Yeah. It really yeah. was like, wow, this thing is very big. Yeah. And it's always crowded and it's always busy. But yep. it's it's just the perfect thing to put under very the Seattle. Aurora Bridge. Very Seattle. Yeah. Um, there's also, and we didn't mention this in Ballard, the Ballard Bridge. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a con yeah. also for Ballard. True. But Fremont also has the Fremont Bridge, which yep. is much busier in the summer than it is the other seasons. Mm-hmm. But for local business... I'm going with sandwiches mm. for this neighborhood yep. and Royal Grinders. They've been there for years. Yep. It's a spot that all the locals, everyone there knows. Yep. It's all hot sandwiches. Yep. So they're all going to be toasted. And it's right there. Very next, cheesy. Very cheesy. Yep. It's right next to the Lenin statue. Yeah. It's a very, Which is also a cool statue. Very cool and controversial statue. Yes, as well. There's not many neighborhoods in any American <laughs> city that's going to have a giant uh, statue of yeah, Lenin. Of, of Vladimir Lenin. Yeah. And, and, there, there's, I mean, that statue has gone viral oh, yeah. multiple times, but I think they've done the right thing. There's messages there about like, this is, you know, Why not promoting him. It's mm-hmm. actually exactly the opposite. There's swords mm-hmm. in his back. There's blood on his hands. Yep. They dress him up all the time. Pride, pride month is really fun time mm-hmm. to go look at Lennon because he's got makeup on yep. and he's got a wig on. And uh, he doesn't have the foghorn attached to him anymore. No, there was a foghorn. Yeah. So you used to be go, go up and it was like, you pull his finger and a big foghorn goes off. That's genius. It was hilarious. I'm I think sure the neighbors got pissed. they got annoyed by that, but <laughs> it was there for years. It was cool. And so yeah, so so Royal Grinders just awesome sandwich, cool and delicious. And what I recommend if you go to Royal Grinders, if if it's somewhat nice outside, if it's not mm-hmm. pouring rain, they have a few tables out front. But my pro tip is to get the sandwich and walk two blocks south 
to the Fremont Canal Ooh, and yeah. sit there on that walking sit path, which yep. is also the Burke Gilman Trail, yep. um, and just sit on there and watch the boats go by on the yep. water. It's just like a very peaceful, quiet place. You'll see all the Google employees walking by, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, one of like my secret spots for if you have lunch, got nowhere to go, go sit down there, and, and it won't go wrong for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Great tip. All right, we're going to move to Capitol Hill. So Capitol Hill is just east of downtown Seattle, kind of on the hill there, up from downtown. Pros. So clearly, it's super close to downtown, super close to South Lake Union. It Depending on how deep in Capitol Hill you are, it's, you know, a 10-minute walk down there. Pretty easy. 20-minute walk back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, walking up that hill can not be fun sometimes. They do have light rail, which is great. So if you do live there, you can easily take that to the airport. You can take it to everywhere the light rail goes. Obviously, that is expanding every single year. So that's awesome. Lots of buses, super high energy neighborhood. Uh, you can pretty much get any type of food there that you want. The bar scene is awesome. Really incredible. Some massive historic homes that are famous in Seattle as well. Some of the cons. It's a very high energy place, like we talked about. It can also get very loud. Parking is pretty tough. It's almost impossible. You can do it, but it's pretty tough. A lot of street parking uh, is most of the time that's all there is. There are some garages here and there, but for the most part, it's it's street parking, which is not easy to do in Seattle. Depending on where in Capitol Hill you are, there's not a lot of single family homes left. They've developed so much of it to become so much more dense. So there's a lot of apartments, a lot of condos, some townhomes, quite a bit of townhomes, actually. The more north you go on Capitol Hill, you get some of the massive original mansions in Seattle, which is amazing. Yeah, there are some incredible houses up there. Incredible, yeah. Just fun to drive through those neighborhoods if you've never done it. Yeah, what would you say is your featured spot there? So for this, I'm going with Spice Walla, Mm. which is located... I don't know this one. Spice Walla is located on... Man, I'm thinking, was it on 15th or is it on Broadway? It's on 15th, I think. Maybe... I'm, I'm not sure. I'm Google sorry. it. Spi- Spice Walla. <laughs> and Walla is with, there's three A's, W-A-A-L-L-A. Mm. And it's it's Indian street food. Oh, yeah. And so what I would recommend there is getting uh, the, like, roti wraps. Mm-hmm. And so they put just lots of meat, marsala, curries, whatever you want in it, wrapped in the roti. Cool. And very good on the go, quick meals. There's not a ton of places to sit in there, but it's really something that you could grab, be walking somewhere else. Are they open eat. late night? I don't know what time they're open late. Mm. I'm not sure they're I feel hours. like that'd be a great late night, like, after it's, going it's out. It's the perfect kind of food for yeah. late night, yeah. for sure. One would think they are. Yeah. I, oh, the last couple of years, the late night food scene's been so hard to track. It's true. Right? True. Because businesses are just operating on wonky hours now. Yeah. Yeah. But if they are open, it's, that's, that's a good that's, choice. That's a good, great yes. choice. Yeah. All right. We're going to move a little bit north. We're going to Green Lake. So Green Lake is located just north of Wallingford, and it's sandwiched between... I-5 and Aurora. It is an awesome lake. There's a trail that goes all the way around the entire lake. There's actually no homes on the lake. The entire thing is a city park, which is pretty unique, especially in a major city. I think the trail is 3.1 or 3.3 miles, the inner trail, then they have an outer loop now too that they're continuing to expand. Just a super relaxing, fun, beautiful place to walk around there's a community center there um, there's a pool there there's a wading pool as well uh, lots of fields in the summer it is the place to be i drove by a couple weekends ago and they had a uh, rowing like regatta going on so that's a big thing there it's just it's super fun it's a great place to take someone that hasn't been to seattle before on a walk in the summer especially when it's nice it's just fun it makes you feel guilty when you drive by if you're not working out. <laughs> yeah, there's so many people just out just in the everyone. grass. I mean, yeah, the sports are big there. There's yep. so many volleyball mm-hmm. leagues that go totally. out there. And then yep. yeah, just people walking around. Kickball, softball, volleyball, all of those are always going on there, I feel like. I've been a part of some of those, and it's really fun. There's a lot of restaurants and bars and coffee shops and little shops surrounding the, I guess, south west and northwest and the north part of the lake the east side of the lake is pretty unrepresented by any sort of businesses because it's really hugging aurora there yep but it's it's really on the west on the west side side, yeah yeah of the lake west and east are kind of uh no businesses yeah houses yep and then a lot of houses yep there are a lot of good actually two pccs which is weird where's the second one the second one is newer to the on the east side 
newer development PCC there next to Rosita's and okay, so I know about that one. So where's the other? The other one's on the north end, right by Aurora, right on the corner of Aurora and whatever that street is. Yeah, they are very close to each other. Two PCCs right there. PCC is a local grocery store, a local co-op, great grocery store. You can usually get in and out super quick with pretty much anything you want. Mm -hmm. So I love PCC. Cons, it's closer, the closer you are to the lake, it's really hard to find parking. Like even if you're just going for fun, because there's really nowhere to park. They have a couple public parking spots or parking lots for the actual Green Lake Park, but they get filled up in three seconds. Yeah, good luck finding that. Yeah, exactly. They do have pickleball courts and tennis. I forgot about that. I just was visualizing the uh, parking strip, and there's they've converted some of the, the tennis courts to pickleball. So that's Probably a huge more, sport. More popular. Yeah, than the tennis exactly. Courts now. Exactly. They have a really cool library that is under construction as we speak, but. Really cool Carnegie Library there. Beautiful. Types of homes, depending on where on the lake you are, there are some really massive homes with beautiful views of the lake. Other sides, there's a ton of apartments. There's some condos, depending on where you're at. And then there are definitely some townhomes as well. So you get a pretty good mix. Some of the homes are just gorgeous, like I said. Even a few blocks any direction of the lake, the homes are really cool, older craftsmen, some obviously some newer modern houses. You can say that anywhere in Seattle though too. What do you want to highlight here? I've got, Green Lake's got like a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I've worked with that Chamber of Commerce a lot oh, for nice. events and promoting all those local businesses. Mm-hmm. And so you have that like northwest side of the lake mm-hmm. has a, a, a dense group of yep. businesses right there. And so, but the business I'm promoting today is called Retreat. Oh, I love the Retreat. Yeah, yeah. incredible coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, it's changed a lot over the years. It has, it used to be Forza, fix. and yep. then it was Fix. Yep, Forza and, Fix, and now the Retreat. And now it's Retreat. Yep. And they've got beautiful murals. It's just yeah. really got this like fun aesthetic mm-hmm. there that's almost cool like you're vibe. camping. Yeah. And like I mentioned with Miro T and Ballard, it's just slammed with people always. working. Yeah. And so that's just always a fun vibe to go. Yep. There's people meeting, walking by. Lots of dogs, mm-hmm. very dog-friendly yeah. cafe, and lots of like healthier-focused food, yeah. acai bowl-style mm-hmm. food, and of course, coffee. They have great, great avocado toast as well. I don't think I've had that there. Yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah. Another honorable mention, there's two things in Green Lake that I really love. One, the Chamber of Commerce does an event called the Green Lake Food Walk. Mm. The times changed a little bit, but what it is is they sell a ticket, and you get a wristband and a map. And you get to go to all of the businesses and you get a sample from all the businesses. Oh, cool. So like when the pizza place was there, you get a slice of pizza. You go to Rosita's, the Mexican restaurant that's been there for 40 plus years. Right. You get a taco from them. You go Mm -hmm. to Fix and you get some snack from them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a great community event. All of that benefits the Chamber of Commerce. Cool. Which helps promote all those local businesses. Yeah. And uh, it's just a really fun event. Also in December, there's an event called Green Lake Pathway of Lights. Mm, and mm-hmm. if the weather's bad, I've been there for some really yes. bad weather moments. But what they do is they get a bunch of volunteers to create these lanterns mm-hmm. made out of a paper bag and a candle. Yep. And it goes all around the three miles of the lake. Yeah. And there's just thousands of people who show up. And it looks so cool. Yeah, and people bring lights and they dress up and yeah. they wear costumes and they bring their wagons to pull their kids and their dogs. And it just becomes this human parade around the lake. And so it's always in December. So... You're going to get iffy weather sometimes, but get yourself a coffee or a hot chocolate or, you know, a hot drink of choice. Yes. Wink, wink. <laughs> and, and do the walk and you'll just be full of smiles. They do, they have activations around the lake. So they have carolers and oh, cool. artists and people doing other things. So you always be entertained. And it's, it's one of my favorite events of the year. And it's just a ton of fun. I think they've done a fall focus one called Luminata. Oh yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah. I more, did hear about that last it's, year. that's about like dress up in your lights. Mm. And I think it's a little bit more weather appropriate not to be confused with the illuminati definitely i mean maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh, one cool thing that i like about retreat is you know there's some point during the day where it's no longer coffee 30 it's beer 30 beer 30 yeah. and they have beer and wine and cocktails and stuff too and they've expanded like it used to be really small in there and they expanded to the business that used to be next door they have some great outdoor seating it's awesome for working from it's awesome for people watching it's great food like it's it's a great spot it's one of my favorites in seattle yeah get a cup of coffee go walk the lake or yeah or uh end your walk and go get go get a cocktail there exactly yeah all right we're gonna go nearby finney ridge We're just going west of Green Lake, right up the hill. So if you're looking at Green Lake, you look to the west, there's that big hill. At the top of that is Finney Ridge. Finney Ridge 
has one of the, if not the strongest neighborhood association in all of Seattle. And it's pretty spectacular. They have a very strong community because of this. I've sold numerous homes and helped many people buy and sell in that neighborhood. And when they buy, they find out how much they love the fact that they're such a great community feel. And when they sell, they realize how much they miss that. I've heard both ways. It's quite funny. Awesome views. You can go either looking west over Puget Sound or to the east looking over Green Lake and the mountains. Greenwood Ave, there's lots and lots of businesses. Red Mill Burgers has been there forever. Next door used to be Starbucks, and now I think it's a beer hall or something like that. Tons of great food. It's not very big. It's pretty small because um, it's very narrow because it's the ridge. It's the top of the hill. But it's it's a great community. Everyone seems to love it when they get there. What What's your kind of spot that you want to? So I went into the Greenwood part mm -hmm. of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I was going through all the different businesses, and I was like, I know it's not Finney, but I have to talk about this burrito yeah, yeah. at Gordito's. It's called the Baby Burrito, mm -hmm. and they call it the Baby Burrito because they say it's the size of a baby. It is massive. It's it like is as big as your forearm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. It's it's baby size. That's yeah. for sure. And <laughs> and they have all these pictures on the wall of people who brought their babies in next to the burrito. <laughs> go go see it. Yes, go try the go burrito it yeah. because it's. I'm thinking about it now. I was like, I gotta go make a video about that yes, because uh, I haven't I haven't been there in a while. But it is it's just legendary, yeah. and I couldn't talk about this neighborhood without mentioning that yep. that burrito. And they've got a very uh, they've got this like signature mural on the side of the wall. It's if really you've ever cool. gone down. Oh yeah, eighty fifth. Eighty fifth. Yep. Uh, you'll see that it's not an iguana. It's a yeah, some sort of lizard. It's um. I think is it an iguana? Know. Maybe it's remember. an iguana. It's like a robot iguana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's green and it's bright and yeah, it's yeah, cool. Gorditos. Get the baby burrito. Yeah. You'll take be a picture, full. tag find me in Seattle and yeah, the awesome, do. awesome group. And then we'll we'll repost it. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. The the housing there, I didn't really talk about that. Finney Ridge, it's mostly single family homes. So a lot of cool old craftsmen. On the very top of the hill, there's some apartments, there's some con or townhomes, some condos, but for the most part, it's single family homes. So it's it's a great neighborhood though. All right, we've talked about Wallingford, but we haven't talked about Wallingford. Now we're going to actually talk about it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we brought like it circled up. It. We have circled it for, for sure. So Wallingford is just north of Lake Union. So if you're on South Lake Union looking north, you're looking at Wallingford in between I-5, really hugging I-5 and, and Aurora. It's really cool. Wallingford is awesome. Again, a lot of really cool older craftsman homes from the 20s. Some amazing views looking south, looking at the city. Burke Gilman runs around the, the South Shore of it. Gasworks Park, which is world famous. Great for watching the fireworks for the 4th of July. That's the spot to watch it from. They have an international school, John Stanford International School, which people seem to love. It's easy to get around because you're right sandwiched between both I-5 and Aurora. So you can go north-south pretty easily. You can also go to 520, get across to, to the east side pretty easily. So it's a simple commute. Cons, again, parking a lot of street parking because these are older homes from the 20s the driveways and the garages are built for carriages not cars which is why they're so tight wow i don't know if you ever made uh, that connection i but never it makes even sense. thought about yeah. owning a carriage so. yeah. <laughs> well you're not 1920 you're in 2020 <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's it's interesting there's there's not a lot of people that are able to even park in their parking spots or driveways or garages because it's just so narrow mm. and because of that everyone parks on the street street parkings can be a little tough. So you are, depending on where in Wallingford you are, because I-5 is so high there for the Ship Canal Bridge, it could get noisy. Like if you're closer to I-5, you can always hear that white noise of the freeway humming above you. So that can be a little annoying. They do have a lot of the, not seaplanes, but I guess they technically are seaplanes that kind of buzz you when they're landing and taking off right there. So I think that's cool. I don't find that annoying, but I could see how maybe some people think that's annoying hearing those buzz right over you because yeah, they certainly. go pretty low. I live in South Seattle and I hear the planes all the time. Yeah. And I don't think the seaplanes are going to be as annoying as, as the, the, the big jets. planes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. C types of homes kind of talked about that. I mean, a lot of single family craftsmen, older homes, a lot of those craftsmen in most of most of North Seattle, like we talked about, a lot of them were the old Sears catalog homes, which I don't know if you know about this, but this is really cool. You could actually buy a home from a kit from Sears and it would be on a train car. Like the whole car would be your entire house, the whole package. And they would ship it out from Chicago on the train car and they would unload it and bring it to your house and then you build it. 
And then you build it. So it's just all the pieces. All the pieces. What? And it was sold at Sears. Yeah. Did not know Sears was selling houses. That's crazy, huh? That is very crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's way back in the day. What do you say is your featured spot there? There's a lot to choose from in in Wallingford. There is. I love Wallingford. Yeah. 45th, I think it's like one of the most underrated business areas in the whole city. Yeah. It, It just... Everyone who lives there knows it. There's so yep. much to try. The variety of food down that street, mm-hmm. all the way from I-5 to Stoneway, mm-hmm. is, is pretty incredible. You can cover the whole world. Really, you can. Um, from Hawaii from, to like, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a Popsicle store, right? Yeah. I think it's the only Popsicle store in the whole city. Yep. For this time, I'm going to promote Sissy K, mm, which I don't is, know this one. They are on the north side of 45th, kind of like right in the center. They're mm-hmm. a Thai restaurant. Mm. And it used to be called May. Anyone who knows mm. Seattle will know this building. It's yep. got like this signature Thai style. Yeah. With, these, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with this really right unique roof. Yep. It's a two-story building. Yeah. You can only get to the, at least as a customer, to the top story through the outdoor stairs. Mm-hmm. And there's now a bar at the bottom. Beautiful place. Very Instagrammable. Yeah. Same thing with the top. Very uh, photogenic. Yep. And just incredible Thai food. Cool. I really recommend Petsu. Mm-hmm. They have a couple different fried rice dishes that mm. are incredible. Mm. And yeah, that's that's been a Thai restaurant in Wallingford for years. Yeah. I know when it was May, it was owned by May for mm-hmm. decades. Mm. And then it, it changed over hands a couple years ago. But I still think it's delicious. Yeah. And that's right by the Chevron that has the amazing uh, signs. The with, Wallingford sign. Yeah, the Wallingford sign. Yeah. Yep. With the dad jokes. With the dad jokes. Yeah. I, I applaud that sign. Yeah, and there there are <laughs> there are so many places in Wallingford that I could recommend. And my other fun fact about Wallingford is Stoneway is the border between Fremont and Wallingford. If you're if you're mm. on the east side of the street, mm-hmm. you are in Wallingford. If you're on the west side of the street, you are in Fremont. Interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I got corrected many times for yeah. that. But uh, I didn't realize that if you're think, down Stoneway, yeah. you're at the bottom, which all the, a lot of those businesses are gone now. Yep. They're developing those. Yep. But if you're on the Brooks building side yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in wallingford but a lot of people consider that fremont because mm-hmm. it's kind of right there it's right there where they consider wallingford the top of the hill yep i guess it's like halfway up the hill yeah, yeah also easy access to green lake they have that huge park right there yep they have the pitch and putt golf course true right yep. there yep right on 50th mm-hmm. but yeah i'd go walk down 45th you will find some oh, great yeah. food you could sample the world just yes. walking 45th from dick's burgers to anything really and Dix is a spot to go after or before a sporting event. Everyone goes there. Oh, or yes. a concert for that matter. Or a concert, yeah. yeah. All right. We are moving to a little bit more south. Beacon Hill, one of my favorite neighborhoods. Lived there for years. Beacon Hill is basically, it starts at the intersection of I-90 and I-5. So that southeast corner. Big, giant, long hill. It's very, very long, um, but very narrow. Super easy access. These are the kind of the pros. Super easy access to I-5, I-90, SeaTac, downtown Seattle. There's a light rail station on North Beacon Hill. Amazing views. I think this has some of the most underrated views in the entire city is from Beacon Hill. You could literally be on the peak of that ridge and look both to Bellevue and Lake Washington and Mount Rainier and Puget Sound and downtown Seattle, like full 360. It's, it's pretty spectacular, and I don't think many people even realize that you can yep. do that there. You get a little bit more, not as much bang for your buck, but you get a little bit more bang for your buck there. It used to be one of my most underrated neighborhoods in all of Seattle, and I wrote a blog post about this probably in 2008 or nine that got picked up because yeah, of the, the fact. The secret's out. Now. Yeah, exactly. It's been out for a while. I owned a few places there, and I bought before the light rail opened up, knowing that it was going there. And that paid off very, very well. Yeah. So that's that's why paying attention to the path of progress. We talk about that a lot on this podcast, but paying attention to the path of progress, where things are happening and buying before that place blows up and becomes the place everyone wants to be. It's super important. Yeah. And I assume following that light rail strategy is mm-hmm. still going to be effective as it's, it's going to grow whether it's to West Seattle or past Northgate mm-hmm. or to Ballard, yep. whenever that gets done yep. to the east side. Yep. I imagine that still is a good strategy. Yeah. And I mean, it do, it's not going to move the needle as much as it did because everyone knows about it now. But it still definitely is going to increase in value, I would assume, when those stations do open up. So, yeah, it's great. Cons. There's not as much to do on Beacon Hill as other areas. Some parts of it... There's no sidewalks, which feels a little weird, but that's definitely the case. 
obviously it's hilly, so there is a lot of, if it's snowing, you're not getting off the hill. When we lived there, it, there was a big snowstorm. The only way that we got off the hill was actually hopping on the light rail. We went downtown to dinner and we got the best service of our lives because yeah, no one was down there. <laughs> There's barely any staff available as well, but it was great. Types of homes. So Beacon Hill is interesting how it was developed. So the north end developed first, and that's where you'll find some, you know, 20s, 30s craftsmen like we were talking about in North Seattle. Obviously now with the light rail station opening there, they changed the zoning. You can do a lot more dense construction. So a lot of townhomes around the light rail station, some apartments slash condos there, not a ton. As you move south, they started developing that like mid Beacon Hill from the VA hospital and Jefferson Park. That was more like 50s, 50s. And then the more south you go, it goes 60s, 70s, 80s. And you'll kind of see an interspur or those types of eras homes interspersed throughout mid and south Beacon Hill. What's your favorite spot on, on Beacon Hill? Beacon Hill's like gone through like a renaissance. I think totally. with the growth of the light rail yep. and, and people moving in there and kind of realizing, oh, this is a great spot to live. Yep. Uh, the location is really nice if you're going so south nice. or north. Yeah, or east. Or east. Yeah. Uh, right there on 90. And yep. there, I think there's a light rail station going to open up yep. right there too, right over I-90. Rainier and, and I-90, there's going to be a station right there. Yeah, so that's yeah. going to gonna be huge. Yeah. And a bunch of really popular restaurants have opened up there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, now they, they have James Beard Award yes. recognized places there. Yep. I'm not going to give one of those businesses because that's what that's, everyone, everyone would, would recommend. That, yeah. But on Beacon Ave, there's this section of businesses that uh, I once I once did a podcast and said, this is my favorite block in the whole city wow. because there's a plant store next to a custom golf store next to a bar and Chicago style pizza spot and then a dim sum house right next to it. And it's like, I could spend all day on this block <laughs> and just have a fantastic day. Yeah. But dim sum house is, is the business that I want to promote today because so few people know about the spot. Mm -hmm. It's not big. I think there's like four family style tables in wow. here and it's, it's a couple that's pretty much going to serve you every single time, wow. but a great place to take like six to eight people. They're open late. Right. Nice. So if you're going to that bar at night, yeah. you go have dim sum and then go to the concert at the bar. Cool. Or same thing. Dim sum is one of those meals that is good 24 hours a exactly. day. And yeah. so whether you go in the morning or you go in the evening, you'll just see that's it's like a community spot, but a very yeah. underrated. You're not going to hear that spot on any other podcast. Yeah. But yeah, you won't go wrong going to dim is that sum like house. mid Beacon Hill. I don't even know where that is. I'm it's, trying to picture it. It's there's that funky intersection right there after you get off the freeway and come up. It, I don't actually know what the cross street is that goes down into Columbia City. Mm. So it's more like a Graham or Orcus or something like that somewhere over there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like more like mid Beacon Hill. I mid would say. Beacon Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, there's some incredible restaurants all over Beacon Hill yeah, now. Yeah, they really are. And, and it used to be so sleepy. It's very sleepy. Yeah, the Beacon Pub was a fun place, but very, very sticky floors. <laughs> <laughs> Every step. That's where Bardo Corso is now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering, I was it like, was, where's this bar? That right. used to be there. And it it was so rickety that when they put the, uh, the pizza oven for Bardo Corso, it actually, the floor caved in a bit. And so they had to like forklift it back out and reinforce the floors to wow yeah, yeah. Bardo Corso incredible pizza yes uh, there's also milk drunk right there milk mm -hmm. drunk's got incredible uh, fried chicken sandwiches mm. and soft serve ice cream oh wow that's, that's really good I the station coffee shop right there yeah the station's is, is great great community spot yes that place is always buzzing with people yep. yeah Beacon Hill. Also one of those underrated spots. I agree. Great food scene. Yeah. I feel like you could take the light rail, get off at Beacon Hill at that station and spend the afternoon and have a great time. Like a great time. It'd be fun. So if you haven't explored Beacon Hill, go do it. We just gave you all the places to check out. All right. We're moving on to West Seattle. Some people, especially when the bridge was closed, referred to this of the island of West Seattle, <laughs> which I thought was great because once you're there, you kind of do feel like you're on an island. West Seattle is the southwesternmost, I guess, point in Seattle. It's southwest of downtown Puget Sound. Elliott Bay kind of separates the two. Or do, they, do we call it Salish Sea now? Is that what we're supposed to call it? Elliott Bay, Salish Sea? I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to call it. Whatever anymore. you want to call it, yeah, it's okay. I think it's all okay. West Yale's great. I mean, it's got so many different variety of neighborhoods, but the, it is similar to Finney Ridge where the community aspect is so strong, so, so strong. And it's great. It's so much fun. It's beautiful. The views are amazing. No matter which direction you're looking, you can look out over the Olympics. You can look out back towards downtown Seattle. It's just, it's gorgeous. 
when the summer, if you go to Alki Beach, you feel like you're in like some hidden spot in San Diego. It's a, it's a different like. world. It's in a the totally summer. different world. Completely different. It's amazing. You can walk around, rent one of those little like four person tricycle bike things. Um, we've done that with our kids before, and that was really fun. They got beach volleyball. They have bonfires. It's super fun especially in the summer, it feels like you're on vacation, even though you're still in the city. Some of the cons, sometimes you feel like you're on an island. It can get a little tough, especially with the bridge when it was closed. It's tough to get in and out of there. It's easy to get to the airport. It's sometimes easy to get downtown. If you take transit, it can be really easy because they have that figured out, but driving can be a little tough. Traffic can be a little tough. It's only a couple ways in and out. So Depending on where you are in West Seattle, parking can be a little difficult as well. I think that's for Seattle in general. Types of homes, it has everything. Like West Seattle's big, similar to Ballard, where it's just a huge neighborhood with a lot of sub-neighborhoods built within it. So you can find anything from beautiful condos overlooking the water to smaller, older, single-family homes. Some of the old craftsman homes are still there. West Seattle's actually where Seattle was initially founded. That was going to be downtown Seattle, like the Seattle, they moved it obviously to Pioneer Square and that's now Seattle, but there are some townhomes there. Definitely. Um, it's super diverse, all sorts of different home styles there. The closer you are to kind of those main hubs, there's numerous like community hubs where that main drag of the, of that neighborhood has all the businesses and restaurants and shops and all the fun stuff. And so, and now I'm going to flip it to you. Where, where do you like to go? Where so West, you... West Seattle has three primary like business districts. Yes. There's Alki, the Junction, and Admiral. Mm -hmm. Each have their own groups of community and yep. businesses of all different we kinds. We literally do an entire podcast only about West Seattle. Yeah. There's yeah. so much to go over. And, and each one has kind of everything you need. Yep. They've all got their own grocery stores, mm -hmm. coffee shops, restaurants, bars. But I'm going to promote a business called Il Nido. Mm. And really the, the reason I'm promoting this one is because there used to be a restaurant in Pioneer Square called Il Corvo. Okay. And any chance I get to talk about Il Corvo, I do because nice. it was one of those legendary spots that Seattle is notorious for the lines. People love waiting for food yeah, in they the do. city. Like that's the thing to do. And we're not really known as like a foodie city, yeah. but people will come out and wait in these lines. So Il Corvo was this tiny little restaurant that had handmade pasta. It was handmade mm. every single day. Uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name and his wife. Mm. And Little Corridor, the line would go all the way up the hill wow. to third. It was pretty much a 45 minute wait. You'd get your pasta. Hopefully you'd find a seat. <laughs> you, you'd bring a friend, obviously, because you want to try all the pastas. Yep. They had, I don't know if it's three or four pastas on the menu and that was it. Wow. And then a kale salad and they were known for like these cookies. Hmm. And I'm talking a lot about Il Corvo, but it was just one of those legendary restaurants yeah. that everyone said, if you had a lunch break, they're only open Monday to Friday oh, wow. during those lunch hours. Oh, and wow. when they sold out of the pasta, that was it, it was like you're done. Wow. So you you, you just you had to show up at 11, you got in the line, and hope for the best. And you were never disappointed. <laughs> you're never disappointed. Awesome. And and I just I miss that place dearly. It, yeah. it will forever be one of my favorite food experiences in Seattle. So they shut down Il Corvo, and he opened up more of like a traditional dining establishment called Il Nido okay. in West Seattle in the Alki area. Nice. And it's in this like house. Hmm. And so it feels like you're walking into some, it's a big house, but it feels <laughs> like you're walking up someone's porch cool. into the house and the dining room is like situated through the house, which cool. is really cool. So it kind of awesome. like puts you in these different rooms. Yeah. And the pasta is just high quality. They still have some of it. I know that the kale salad is still on the menu, but it's, it's more high end. What made Il Corvo so great was it was extremely affordable. I think mm -hmm. the pasta dishes were like $9 oh, wow. when this was pre 2020. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's, it's, it's more high end. You're going to have to get a reservation there, mm -hmm. but if you've got an anniversary coming up. You've mm -hmm. got something you want to get nice, have a beautiful yeah. dinner, drink some wine, have yeah. some great pasta. Il Nido. Cool. Il Nido is a really good spot. Out. I haven't even heard of that before. That's awesome. All right. We're going to check into an awesome spot called Columbia city. So this is kind of South Seattle, getting closer to where you live. Yep. It's kind of located close to Seward park and kind of east of Beacon Hill. It's awesome. They have a great bar, restaurant scene, light rail stations nearby. They call it the Columbia City Station, but it's like four blocks away from the downtown strip. I think they did that by design. So it doesn't go right through downtown and cut up that, but it's a little bit of a walk. Rainier Ave has all the small businesses and restaurants and music venues and cool things like that. It's a great community as well. 
very popular neighborhood. Cons, it's smaller. It's not quite as exciting as some other places, like homes are on the smaller side. You can feel a little bit isolated because you're a little bit further away from other parts of the city. Types of homes, a lot of townhomes, not as many single family homes. Uh, they're actually, it's interesting when I was looking at what the age of homes there were, it was more like 1910s, which is earlier than most of Seattle. And, and then there was a big gap until like the fifties where more homes were built there. And the ones from 1910 were like super small, like seven, 800, 900 square feet. So really, really tiny bungalows. And then there was another building boom in the fifties, obviously. So what do you want to talk about for Columbia city? Columbia city. It's not really walking distance, but I love that Seward park is right there. Yeah, no, Seward totally. park is, is a place that a lot of Seattleites don't even know it's there it's unless true. it's Seafair weekend. True. Seafair and then weekend. everyone knows. And there. that's the worst time to go to that yeah. park because it's a madhouse. Yep. But if you go there any other time, it's absolutely incredible. It's a giant forest yeah. sitting in the middle of the water yep. and you can walk up through the hills and it is like you're up in the mountains. You don't it's hear crazy. any of the noises. Yeah. You don't see any people. You see all these huge trees, right? Hundred year old trees. Yep. And it's, it's like a quick escape. Yeah. from getting away from the city. So it's really Seward cool. Park gives me a big shout out. But for local business on Rainier Ave is this newer restaurant called Off Alley. Hmm. And is it off an alley? It it's it pretty much is an alley. <laughs> it's it's not it is sandwiched between two walls, but but the restaurant is very funky. Huh. Uh not not a place you go with groups. Okay. I really recommend you go with one person. Got it. Because I've sat tight. there with four people. It's just an alley, right? Oh, so wow. so there's a bar top, so you're sitting shoulder to shoulder mm -hmm. and then they've put like this like counter on the back wall hmm. but the total width of the restaurant is probably 20 not 20 feet that's way too small um <laughs> but it, yeah i mean it's like two wingspans across wow. there's not a lot of room wow and so yeah and if you've got people at the counter and at the bar the server walking through like they're all touching each other and that's so crazy. but but it's like a tasting menu seasonal tasting oh, menu. cool Fun. so it's more elevated high-end unique, constantly rotating menu yep. and just a very interesting experience. Fun. And I think they're taking advantage of the space. Like it's such yeah. a tiny little, it's really an alley. Yeah. And they have built an outdoor seating area where they have two four top tables. Mm -hmm. So if you are going in the summer, you might get lucky and get, get that one. spot. But also another place I'd recommend getting a reservation and the menu's always going to be different. Cool. Wine pairings are always going to be different. Uh, but I think it's it's a fun experience. There's nothing else yeah. really like it, really in the city. Yeah, but definitely like there's that. nothing else like it in South Seattle. Cool. And yeah, I think what they've done with that spot is just very fun and yeah. a unique addition to Columbia City. Sounds fun. Cool. All right, we're gonna go north a little bit. One of the most popular areas, which is the Central District. So this is just east of downtown, next to basically Capitol Hill. Pros. You can sometimes, this is surprising, but it's true. You can sometimes get a little more bang for your buck. It's an older, more established neighborhood. A lot of transition happening there. A ton of cultural and artistic venues, uh, lots of parks. It's pretty, it's really pretty. Like it's interesting how pretty it is at, at times. Cons, nightlife isn't, is kind of clustered into one spot. So depending on where you are, it could be loud. Not as walkable as one would expect for being so centrally located. And because it's in a transition, there's a lot of construction always going on. Types of homes, a lot of townhomes, a lot of condos. Um, and those are the things that are being constructed all the time. There are some single family homes. It's one of the older neighborhoods in Seattle. Some homes built as early as 1900. So really, really old homes there. There's, there's a lot of cool and exciting like restaurants and, and stuff going on there too. So what do you want to highlight? The central district is it's a very historic neighborhood yeah. in Seattle yeah. that doesn't get the hype that Ballard and all. Fremont, no. all the other or Capitol Hill get. Yeah. Central district was historically the, the black neighborhood. Yep. And over the last couple decades, that's been going through that transition, yep. but within the sense of the businesses there, there has been kind of like a recapture mm -hmm. of getting those black businesses and black owned businesses back in the neighborhood, which yep. has been really cool to see with businesses like communion, which communion mm -hmm. might be the most popular restaurant in the whole city. It takes months to get a reservation yep. there yep. and that food, you'll hear that from everybody yep. if they talk about central district. Yep. Uh, the business I want to promote is called raised donuts mm. earlier. I talked about the fascination of waiting in lines. Yes. This was the first time, I had seen that happen. This must have been like 2017, 18. Raised Donuts was just doing a donut pop-up. Mm -hmm. So 
they would have a weekend and they said we have this many donuts they're all yeast raised donuts so they're not they're not top pot yeah, right? yeah. everyone knows top pot they're the most famous di- donut in the city yep. but they're yeast raised they're seasonal flavor specific the menu yep. changes every single month they have obviously their their go-to's same thing every time on friday they have they call it cruller fridays so cruller is a, a certain type of donut mm-hmm. and they have a coffee cruller mm. which is just like if you like coffee yeah. you like donuts like it's a match made in heaven cool. they also have these raspberry donut holes that are my favorite donut in the whole city wow you just don't that's saying don't, something yeah you don't you don't see raspberry donut holes very often no. but i would wait in line for this they don't have the line like they used to mm-hmm. they're now in their second location so they went from the pop-ups had a ton of success yeah. doing Clearly. those yeah got their first location and now they've outgrown it and they moved into that brand new development right there in central district kind of where all those new businesses yep. are coming yep. to and uh me kim she's the owner she's just an incredible business owner cool. incredible pastry chef clearly and, yeah and created a very unique unique restaurant and her logo is an elephant i have an attachment to elephants it's kind of like my spirit animal cool and so when i made that connection in the first place i was like well it's speaking to me yes and uh what me kim's created with raised donuts is just a center of that community now that's awesome that's amazing that's it these neighborhoods were in no specific order i didn't say that earlier yeah we jumped around should we jumped around all over um we did not rank them one through ten that was just 10 popular neighborhoods that we want to kind of highlight. I hope this was super helpful. The whole point of our podcast is really to highlight, you know, some of the awesome aspects of Seattle, hence the name Awesome in Seattle. So if you are either new to Seattle or you've lived here for a while and you haven't checked these places out, you definitely need to go check them out. Like Connor, follow him at Find Me in Seattle. Just Google him. He has every platform, Find Me in Seattle, or his website, findmeinseattle.com. It's amazing. He is awesome. He does a great job of highlighting businesses that, you know, sometimes fly under the radar, but deserve the attention. And I think you do a great job of that. That's why I've always kind of latched on and followed everything that you're doing. Because it's not just the normal Instagram worthy places, but even like, I don't know, you can tell the feel and the and the vibe of the actual business and you do a great job of that. So Thank you. that's it for this episode. Thank you again, Connor. If you need some content creation for your so- social media, definitely hit him up. I just wanted to share his knowledge because he's great. So definitely find him in Seattle. Bing. And then, yeah. And if you do need content, just reach out to him. He'd love to help you. I'm sure. So thank you. If uh, you are interested in buying or selling a house, that's what we do. We are the awesome, awesome group. Uh, we help people buy and sell houses in the Seattle area, not just Seattle, but all around the Puget Sound. Um, so if you are interested in talking about that, you can either come to our home buyer class, which we host every single month called beers and Uh, We do those at different bars and restaurants all around the city every single month other than December. Sometimes we do two classes a month. Totally free. It's only an hour long. There is zero pressure at all. It's just free beer, some food at most venues, not every venue, but most venues. And it's just laid back how to, what the market's doing right now and how to buy a house. So you can always sign up for those at beersandhomebuying.com. Or if you want to chat with us, just go to our website, awesomenawesome.com slash schedule, and you can sign up for a quick chat. There's no pressure, no cost, no nothing to chat with us. We're here to help. So Connor, thank you again for your help and for uh, this sharing your expertise on this episode. And um, everybody give them a follow if you don't already. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time.